Ashish Pandaya is reviving the ancient wisdom of Ayurveda worldwide. Through his work as the Vice President of Education for the Skin Care and Body Brand Shankara and as a faculty teacher at the Art of Living Foundation in Los Angeles, he travels the globe teaching programs on happiness, breathing, and meditation. As one of the world's most sought-after spa trainers today, Ashish has instructed over 100,000 service providers in the world's top spas, resorts, and wellness retreats. Ashish is unified in his intention to be of service to the world. At We Care Spa, we believe that if we can follow Susanna's path, and reconnect with those earliest, sometimes forgotten parts of ourselves, we can become whole again. Today, I'm thrilled to share the fast with Ashish Pandya. Ashish, welcome to the fast. Thank you. It is such an honor to sit and talk to you today. We've known each other for... Almost over a decade. A decade, yeah, about yeah. 10 years now. Yeah. And I've always been so impressed with your presence, your knowledge, and your true commitment to health and wellness. Thank you. Thank you Likewise. So, thank you. Thank you so much. Now you are originally from India, so I would know. I would love to know what brought you to America in 1998. Engineering, artificial intelligence, actually. So I did my masters um, out of Texas Tech here, mm -hmm. and I came to study and become engineer in AI, which now it's taking over the world. But I was back in 1998 when mm -hmm. I came, and I was involved more in. Um, medical AI at that time, okay. artificial heart valves and things like that. So how do you make the transition from a very scientific, very medically driven type of career to the work you're doing today? It actually um, happened very naturally. Mm. You know, um, I was like when I was working also in the field, um, I was in my cubicle and I was doing, I felt more connected with people. Mm. So instead of computer, connection with people made more sense to me and naturally. Right. Right. And so it became, it became naturally that, you know, and then I was invited to actually help with Shankara, the skincare brand that we all know about. So, yeah. how, how do they find you? Um, I was with actually Gurudev Shri Shri Ravi Shankar and uh, on an on a advanced meditation retreat program mm -hmm. uh, in Colorado. And so the, the, he, created a, he had created a team of people like a cosmetic chemist and a nutritionist and an Ayurveda expert and all of that and inspired them to create a skincare line uh, that would give health and wellness to people that appreciated health and wellness in their life and then give back 100% of the net profits to humanitarian causes. So when, when, then when I was introduced to this and, and invited, I was like, yes, I want to work for a company that's not just interested in their bank balance, but doing something for the community locally and globally. Mm -hmm. So did you come in your capacity from your medical AI background to Shankara, or did you come as Ashish, the person interested in this type of work? I came, uh, Patrick, as just myself because I believed in the vision, I believed in the mission, I believed in the cause that mm. Shankara was doing. Um, I, although growing up in India, I was surrounded by Ayurveda. I was, I grew up in that field. But, you know, sometimes it's like, you, you, it's there and you don't value it so much. So mm -hmm. I didn't care so much about Ayurveda <laughs> back in India until actually I joined Shankara. Right. And, and I, I started really learning the depth and the breadth of this whole science of life. Mm -hmm. And that really uh, opened my eyes. And, and, then, and then, yes, uh, so I did not bring the experience and expertise or academic learnings from my AI field or, or, you know, that medical heart valve thing or none of that was employed uh, for Shankara, but it was just my passion and eagerness to sort of help humanity. You just referred to the work with Shankara as life science. What was the science that you were doing before? Before Shankara, this, my science was in the field of engineering, artificial intelligence, 
you know, decoding and coding and all of that things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that is more of the, 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 the science that we know of today is more of analyzing things. Right. Right. It's like, why is this happening? What is this about? How is this happening? Right. And this ancient science of life, which is known as Ayurveda, is about synthesizing, mm. bringing things together. And I feel that uh, is what the world needs today. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you go deeper into this idea of synthesizing versus the sort of rigors of what we would call Western science? And it is, uh, it's a beautiful question, actually. And it is about, you know, the duality that we all face between the head and the heart. Mm. Head is about analyzing, heart is about synthesizing. Mm. Isn't it? And so head always is like, you know, and that's the role of the head is to really analyze and, you know, make sense, disc, uh, you know, have that critical intellectual engagement. Mm-hmm. And heart is about always longs for or is about bringing people together, bringing situations together, bringing harmony. Mm-hmm. And and bringing harmony in one's life is wisdom of life or is Ayurveda. That's the science of life. That is the science of life. Yes. And is there an inherent tension between the head and the heart and which will lead or predominate in the person? That depends, mm. actually. See, you need both. Right. Right. In, in, in any practical situation, any business dealing, you cannot make decisions from your heart. You have to engage your intellect. You have to engage your head. Right. But when it is family, when it is relationships, right, then we cannot count oh, how much I'm contributing and how much the other person is contributing. There it comes from the heart mm. where you're giving. So we need both. You know, it, the skill, which is the art of living, the skill is in balancing this and knowing when to use which one. What was your life like before you crossed the seas <laughs> to America? Were you engaged in this kind of thinking, this kind of philosophy there? Or did you come to that later once you sort of walked past the sort of more traditional scientific work that you were doing? I was, uh, Patrick, I was always, um, as far as I can remember, always a seeker. Like I would go with my grandmother to meditation programs. And even as young as maybe five, six years old, like she would take me because I would sit still. I would be quiet. I was not that. <laughs> no. So she she would always take me um, to to these things. So as far as I can remember, I've been a seeker. But when I experienced uh, the magic of Sudarshan Kriya, you know, cognized by Gurudev Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, I felt I I, I reached home. I came home. So. Um, then it's more from seeking, I've transitioned more from seeking to sharing. Mm. Susanna, who is our, our founder of We Care Spa, talks a lot about being on the right paths and knowing when those, when those moments come when you have to make a choice about which direction you're going to go and being very intentional mm-hmm. about that. Was that transition easy for you or did you struggle against it? So the I don't know as a transition because I've kind of always, but there are challenges mm. that you know that keeps coming. The tendencies, you know, the 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 emotional cycles or the negativity, or, and we get we all get you know um, gripped by it, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 so I won't say that okay we've learned the breath work or I've championed the breath work and meditation, so I don't feel the emotional imbalances or highs and lows. No, we do. I do. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't stick so much. Mm-hmm. You know, using the breath, using the techniques, uh, it, you come out of it much faster. Right. And, and, and you live your life more present, more fully. So, yes, I mean, there was not a turning point in my life as some event happened which brought me to this or something. But it was just like an invitation from my, you know, assist, my cousin's sister. She said, why don't you try this? And I was like, at that time, actually, I was um, a professional tennis player back in India. 
So I was like, wait oh, a minute. See now, <laughs> see now you're getting to the all the, all the true. In- so wait, you play you play tennis. I do, I do, I do. I I play leagues now and stuff. I don't play professionally, obviously, but I used to. <laughs> <laughs> and and so I was like, oh, breathwork will help me with my stamina, presence of mind, and all of that. And so I was like, okay, won't hurt. So I went in for like just to help with my, you know, um, tennis career and stuff. But then I learned the whole art of living. Yeah. <laughs> So tennis player, AI student, engineering, and now a person thought leader on how to live a life of integration between your heart and your mind through Shankara in terms of a life science. Mm. Yes. And you work with the Art of Living Center in Los Angeles. Can you tell us what that is and what the mission of the Art of Living is? Yes. So actually, it's the mission of the founder. Gurudev Shri Shri Ravi Shankar is to put a smile on every face, mm. you know, celebrate life, right? Today, the world is going back and forth between aggression and depression. Mm. You know, a genuine smile, happiness is a lost word for so many, mm. you know, and, and that is the mission. That is a vision of Art of Living. And, and so I became a teacher for the program or the facilitator um, back in 2008. Mm-hmm. And uh, and before that, I've been conducting different meditation programs also with the Art of Living Foundation. Um, and although I feel like I'm sharing, I receive so much because when you, when I see a genuine smile or that shedding of that shell of that stress, you know, and the transformation happening, uh, that brings so much contentment, mm. you know, and true true happiness. And, uh, yeah, I mean, once you experience that, once you taste that, there is no going back. No, kind of, no. You know? And so who is Ravi Shankar and why did you choose to follow him? So Gurudev Shri Shri Ravi Shankar, you know, when he was four years old, he started spontaneously reciting ancient scriptures of Bhagavad Gita, and, you know, and from his very early childhood, um, he wanted to make a difference, but mm-hmm. he didn't know how or what. And then after a 10 days of um, silence, like a poem comes to a poet, this technique came with the mission, uh, with the vision of sharing it with the whole world, mm-hmm. you know. And he has been selflessly doing that, sharing the techniques and uh, programs and over 500 million people have benefited in 190 countries, over 190 countries around the world. And so, like I said, you know, I was always a seeker from a very young age and I would go to different, you know, forms of yoga retreats or meditation programs or, you know, uh, chanting sessions and things like that. But when I experienced the power of Sudarshan Kriya, I feel I reached home. And when, when you... When you reach home, you always want to thank the person that brought you home in mm-hmm. some sense, you know, uh, and, and, and that is how he became my guru, mm-hmm. <laughs> a spiritual guide, right? Guru is, so we all need a guru, right? Whether you want to learn how to drive, you learn how to read. We always had a teacher, mm. but we have never really um, appreciated a teacher that helps you with your own mind. It's so intricate, it's so mystical, the, the nature of our own mind, right? And in the spiritual world, it's the guru is the one that connects your, brings your mind inward to connect it with your own self. Mm. Yeah. The language that you're using, mysticism, connection with yourself, connection with another human being, has a spiritual connotation to it. Yes. Is this a spiritual practice? And in, within the context of this, is there, in your mind, in the, in the belief system, a God? Okay, this is a very loaded question. <laughs> so, when you say God, right, the three qualities that makes God, which is omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient, mm-hmm. right? So, when you say God, God is everywhere, right? So, it's in you and me. So mm. there is no God out there, you know, putting a finger down kind of a thing. God is everywhere, right? Mm. It's all within and around. Mm. 
mm-hmm. right? And the journey of a seeker is to realize within yourself. You know, Gurudev says it so beautifully. He says, meditation is seeing God within and love is seeing God in the person next to you. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's all we need. <laughs> you, you've, you've synthesized it to a very easy, but I think complex concept of putting a smile on someone else's face. Why is that so hard for us to do? What is the block? Stress and ignorance. These are the only two blocks. Right? Either people don't realize themselves because there is so much demand from the outer world Mm. upon us, or we have self-imposed demand or or, um, perfection or being somebody at some level. And so these are all self-imposed. So, and that is the, that is between stress and ignorance because mm. we don't realize who we are mm. you know who are we and <laughs> very <low. laughs> you know it is so beautiful also again uh, i'm just being a parrot here but again gurudev says see one who really knows will not tell you because it is your own journey mm. and one who tells you know that they don't know <laughs> It's paradox. It is. Is who you are, the intellect cannot go there. So it is the understanding of the intellectual mind. It's it's your intellect that understands. Mm. But you are much more than your intellect. Right? You're beyond see, there are seven levels of who we are. Right? Mm-hmm. One is the body, the physical body. And what keeps this body alive is the breath. Right? It is the breath. See, like the life of the fish is in the water, not in the body. If you pull the body out of the water, the fish dies. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Similarly, our life, this body is alive because of air, because of the breath. Right? Okay. If you pull this body out of the atmosphere, it won't survive. Right? So body, breath. And the third level is the mind that perceives everything around the world through all the five senses. Right? And then we get into the subtle levels of consciousness, which we people don't know. So mind takes everything in mm-hmm. and it is the intellect, the fourth level of our consciousness that discriminates, that judges that, okay, yes, this information is good for me. This I disagree. This is not good for me or not healthy for me. That level of consciousness is intellect. That we say right, wrong, agree, disagree. I like this. I don't like this. I want this. I don't want this right? Mm -hmm. That gets sharpened through meditation. And then all those experiences of yes, no, right, wrong, like, dislikes, love, hate is stored in a bubble called memory, the fifth level of our existence. Mm. And study has shown, Patrick, that 97% of all the decisions we take in our life are colored by our own memory. 97% of the decisions, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. That is why intellectually we know that this habit is not good for me. Drinking coffee, whatever it is, right. is not good for me. But the memory is stronger of that conditioning of drinking something or having something that doesn't allow the intellect to shine. So memory overpowers the intellect, which is the fifth. And then when you start identifying all of these experiences as you, that becomes ego. The sixth level of our existence. And beyond the ego is who you really are. The self, the soul, the being. Right? So it's beautiful. In the, you know, in the in the in the art of living or the sky breath meditation program, we actually get to understand, not only understand, but experience all the seven levels of who we really are. Hmm. Oh. And when you understand your ego and who you are is that nirvana transcending Mm. is that the journey of the 100 years we are on the planet is Mm. is that when you real is that is it a journey towards understanding who you are in the unspoken sense of that word yes beyond the habit yes and you don't have to spend so much time it would it used to take a lot of time 
to really understand but that is the beauty of an enlightened master you know like mm. like like gurudev shri shri ravishankar there are techniques now see everything is so fast paced right right in today's world i mean to communicate to other part of like to call india i can actually see my mom or my friends on a video and so technology has made this world a village and spirituality makes this world a family wow <laughs> you know so why do you think we in the west are starting to embrace these principles so much that you're talking about i think in the past people feared it and now people are looking for something beyond the sort of structures that we grew up with thinking were truth and people are testing and searching for greater meaning why do you think now we're doing that i think um i mean it's 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 a seeking of every soul right but it's like looking for things in different places so i i, I like to tell this story it's like you know once this guy lost his keys um and but he was looking at the lamp uh, under the street lamp and he was looking like where is my key where is my key so then few people also joins him and start helping him to look for his keys and then one guy asked hey where did you lose your key he said inside the house and said why are you looking here he said because there is light here <laughs> you know we all are seeking that but then we look for that in night clubs or drink or pubs or relationship or this thing that thing where the real source is within mm. right and so you know even yesterday i was saying that in some sense lockdown closed us physically but opened our mind to all the different things that is available for humanity mm-hmm. you know so in some sense this is a blessing of lockdown <laughs> um of the pandemic where people had no choice but to look at themselves right you know and and open up to like what is this mind why why am i you know feeling all these things right you know and so they are seeking more so than ever before do you think also perhaps it's that when institutions fail it it sort of takes away a key anchor that we relied upon right Right. And so if if things that we thought were solid all of a sudden disappear, right? or really shift, it forces us to look for meaning beyond the habit yes. that you referred to earlier. Yeah. Yes. What do you think Shankara has been so successful? I know you've trained about 50,000 people <laughs> in your time with Shankara with Shankara. And I've gone through your training, so I know what the training is. Um, I have my own opinions about it, but I want to hear from you why you think it's been so successful and why it's life-changing for so many people. See, with Shankara, uh, when we designed the trainings um, for the SPA team, the purpose was to empower them. Mm. See, you can only give what you have. That was my motto, right? You can only share what you have. right you can only do charity when you have tons of money you can only do give or share food when you have abundance right you can only share health and happiness if you are healthy and happy mm. so with shankara training the goal is to empower all the therapists and aestheticians um, the spa employees the spa team with that health and happiness with the tools so right from even you know choosing the oils it's customized the way we infuse high vibrational frequency in all of our oils and it is the therapist that uses the oil day in and day out right so before we go to shankara usually therapists are drained at the end of the day and mm-hmm. they're worked up and burnt out and stuff but what we have seen from the time when they bring shankara whether it's just the oils and stuff and even before they get into training they start feeling and experiencing a shift in themselves because they are absorbing all those high vibrational products mm-hmm. as they are applying and working with the guest the guest obviously is getting it you know right. and their life is getting it. but so every key aspect even the name shankara right right so that has a meaning yes. you you know this uh it's it's like the the we were so intentional and purposeful in naming the company so that it brings like shh, anywhere in the world would mean silence wow, yeah. quiet down and when we expand that shh, 
So the meaning is present in the vibrations of the sound. Like anywhere in the world you go, wow, right? It's just a sound, but you know that they are excited about something. Anywhere in the world you go, mm. it means it's <laughs> yummy, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. The meaning is present in the vibrations of the sound. And so shh, when we expand that to shun, it resonates with vibrations of peace. And Kara is one who invokes that. So even, even the guest is said, oh, I received a Shankara treatment. I got a Shankara product. Or, or at the spa team, you say, oh, I went for Shankara training. Whenever someone says Shankara, somewhere within their own consciousness, they are invoking the vibrations of peace. Mm. Right? So from choosing the name, um, enhancing the qualities of the oils and the herbs that are present with high vibrational chants and music, and then giving them practical tools, breathwork and meditation techniques for the spa team so that they feel stress-free, they feel healthy and happy. So when they touch or work on the guest, they, it's, it's, uh, it's a real connection. And that's what people are looking for yeah. today. So I think that's why Shankara is successful. Yeah. You all did, you did some work with the 9-11 families. Can yes. you talk about that? And yes. the work you did, but also how doing that work impacted you. Yes, it was, uh, and sorry, I'm choking up because it was a very um, grave situation. So I was actually invited by Pentagon uh, because I was doing some stress management programs and stuff like that. So through Art of Living, the Pentagon partnered with the Art of Living Foundation. Mm -hmm. And um, I was one of the teachers that got invited to Washington, D.C. at the Pentagon. And uh, it was very interesting. So I did two sort of workshops, uh, morning and evening. Uh, morning was actually with the U.S. Marshals. Mm. And evening was with the victims of the Pentagon. Right. So when I did my workshop with U.S. Marshals, it was very interesting. They would actually come to my program or the Art of Living program after 18 hours of shift. Wow and they would still not be able to close their eyes because they were so wired, you know, about what just happened in this country, right? Everybody was so wired. And, and, and so it took three days, but at the end of the third day of the workshop and the program, I mean, they, these people, they were in tears, mm. you know? They, because we, especially in the West, you know, we are trained to bottle up our emotions. Don't don't express. And, and especially if when you're on the job, right. and especially for the people that, like, you know, in, in military, in, 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 at marshals, U.S. marshals and all these people, mm -hmm. like, they broke down. They became real and so grateful for the techniques and stuff. And then on the flip side, in the evening with the victims, you know, we spent, and they had their own traumas. You know, they lost their colleagues, some of them lost their you know, family members mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So it was for me also life changing, you know, as much as it impacted the victims and the and US Marshall teams and stuff. So yeah. My my in some sense, you know, I was a seeker and, and things in when I was in India, like you know, on these journeys. Yeah. But my real learning and sharing started when I came here because I got so many opportunities and, and you know, impacting real life people. Mm. So that definitely helps, you know. You know, 9-11, I lived in New York during 9-11. Oh. So I remember that day and the, the weeks after, like it was yesterday, like it's right. still, yeah. Right. Um, and it was a trauma for, I think, the city, the citizens, the country, yeah. much of the world. How, how do you heal trauma? Hmm. With time. Hmm. So with time, naturally, you know, life continues and moves on. But also there are two ways I feel. One is using your own breath, your own personal techniques, meditation, mindfulness, breath work, all this. But another way of healing trauma is selfless service. Hmm. Right? Sometimes, you know, we start enjoying the trauma and we don't want to come out of it. Hmm. This is a subtle, this is a little deeper. Yes. But, you know, it is sometimes, you know, we go through and, and we don't want to come out. We've, we've, we start 
taking pity on our own self and that becomes a norm. Mm-hmm. But when you open your eyes and go out and serve others that are less fortunate, that are, you know, even in worse, even worse situation, in, even in right bad situation than you are in, then you suddenly realize and something opens up. And then you suddenly, uh, the, a shift happens when you go out and serve others uh, that are going through even worse time than you are, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And then you don't worry so much about your own traumas. You, and then a shift, when, when that shift happens, then it doesn't bother you. See, trauma is what that keeps bothering you. Right. Right, again and again, after the event has passed. Right. And, and when you start helping others that are in need, then it doesn't bother you. Mm. You know, you get more enthusiasm, more energy. And that shift can change your whole life. Where is forgiveness in this philosophy, in this life science of Ayurveda? Where is, where is, what is the role of forgiveness here? So Ayurveda is, I mean, Ayurveda would go into, you know, different elements and how to do skin, body and mind. But in real sense, you know, there is nothing as forgiveness. I'm actually it just is <laughs> or the thing is to forgive someone you have to see them as criminal or if something that they have done wrong right see you will only forgive me because you see me as i've done something wrong mm. but when you start seeing them as victim of situation or victim of ignorance or of stress then you only have compassion. Right? Okay. I'm, I'm w- working through that. Yes. So forgiveness is subtly saying you have done wrong. And which they may have, which a situation may have happened where it is, you know, done wrong. But even a step above forgiveness is compassion. When you see beyond the action that, oh, this person himself is a victim of their own stress, ignorance or situation, mm. right? Because what happens when you see some t- somebody else as they're wrong, the feeling you get makes you wrong. Is this making sense? <laughs> it is making sense. I'm, 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 I'm walking through the steps with you of what you're saying because I think um, we talk a lot about forgiveness, mm. but I think it, what, what you're saying is it's, it's, a, it's a higher action mm. experience okay. to remove blame mm. and to find love, compassion for the person. For the person. And that helps you. Mm. Actually, compassion, as much as it is for them. See, when you start blame or you feel anger and then you work on forgiveness, it's, it's an effort. And you never get it. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> yeah. and that, exactly. You never get there. Right? <laughs> this, is, this is a secret of mind. Right? What you resist persists. See, there are certain laws in the physical world. Right? Like if you drop something, it will come down to the ground, which is the law of gravity. Right. There are certain laws of consciousness. And one such law is what you resist persist. Hmm. Right? The more you want to forgive or forget that situation, the more you stay connected with that. And it is difficult. That is why what you just said, that it never really truly happens. Right. Right? right. And that's where you have to shift and know that that event happened or that situation happened or that action happened out of stress or ignorance. And then when you, when you understand this, and that happens when you are stress-free. When you are stress-free, then mm. you can easily see that and then only love and compassion. And that is natural. You don't have to work on it. Mm. I'm, I'm thinking of people that I think that I need to forgive. And I'm like, can I... Mm step into compassion for them. It's a very hard concept. Mm. It's not an easy concept, at least for me. And, and I, I feel, I feel you, you're absolutely correct. It, it becomes easier as we learn how to let 
first of all we have to forgive ourselves <laughs> right compassion for yourself yes compassion for ourselves right so many times we we take ourselves so seriously and <laughs> are so hard on ourselves you know so uh, that once that happens that is the first step of forgiving the world mm. is forgiving yourself having compassion for yourself and once you are at that state then it's easier tell us about the book you're writing <laughs> so i am actually writing a book um, with my co-author on um, unveiling ayurveda right which is about the science of life that we have been discussing mm-hmm. right and it's very easy so it's actually written or done in a way which is more adaptable for western audience for for all of us here you know in europe and, and in america like this so it's uh, very palatable but very practical <laughs> that's a short word <laughs> <laughs> not too many monosyllabic words no the, not yeah. so much yeah. <laughs> of those ayurveda and all this they have very tongue twisted names and things yeah. So <laughs> over, that is something that I have kind of perfected over the last 23 years of teaching Ayurveda in the spa industry and around. So then wherever I would go and do events and the people were like, do you have a book? So I've been asked for this book for almost seven years now. And so I said, okay, we should write. And so I've been working on it for two and a half years mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it's getting ready to launch. This question may not make sense in the context of what we're talking about. but what is what do you find to be your greatest challenges if such a thing exists oh yes no no it exists you know when you have a family and two daughters and work and and everything so challenges happens i think my greatest challenge that i face um, today is knowing when to stop mm you know and and sometimes it's like the wick burning the candle burning on both ends right right so with everything and and that's probably why we need we care spa <laughs> that's you know for yeah. for for everybody but also for healers to come and rejuvenate and and you know take a pause so um, i would say that would be my greatest mm. challenge right now you know is internally um so we have we all face you know out we all live in two worlds right? right the outer world and the inner world right and and outer world comprises of people situation and things inner world is our emotions feelings thoughts memory all of that right so the outer world challenge is knowing when to stop and inner world challenge i would say is staying consistent with my meditation practice you know sometimes i get pulled and then i skip sometimes and so but yeah um i have a question and i'm thinking back to this whole idea of forgiveness and i'm thinking about yes. the current social angst that we're living in now um and i wonder if it's if we're if we're looking at it from the wrong perspective mm-hmm. if we're looking at it from a perspective of winners and losers a zero sum game versus the perspective of how do we find more compassion you would say first for ourselves but then how do we find compassion for the people with whom we have philosophical political social differences and is that is that idea of compassion possible yes and for that that begins um i feel with acceptance see there is diversity in creation right it's not just one type of fruit or one type of vegetables otherwise like this you know if the nature created only potatoes as vegetable we get so bored right so there is so much diversity in creation mm. and people have the different colors of people different you know thoughts and mindsets of people and stuff like that so there is diversity everywhere in the creation mm-hmm. right so i think the first step towards forgiveness or compassion towards the divisive ideological differences or 
um, political differences, social differences, whatever it is, the first step is acceptance. Back to acceptance. Yes. That yes, nature has created like this and people are that. See, some people grow up with certain mindset or something where they don't have choice. It's circumstantial. Mm. Right? And so acceptance, then forgiveness, then compassion. Mm. I think this is the way to go. I guess the challenge I have with it is when the differences endanger yes. life or access for people. And that's what concerns me. Yeah. And I also feel like there is a piece of it. There is a diversity of flowers and trees, but they don't fear each other. That's true. So I wonder how we move past fear into acceptance. And so, Patrick, this is not passive acceptance. Mm. It's a dynamic acceptance. Okay. Right? See, passive acceptance would be that if a burglar or somebody breaks into your home, then you don't help them with the TV. They're okay, let me help you carry it out. I've accepted that you've broken into, let me help <laughs> you with that. No, that is not what I'm talking. I'm talking about dynamic acceptance. Dynamic acceptance is knowing that, okay, this situation is happening, mm. which is not correct. It's endangering me or something, whatever you're saying, right? And then, so if you have a break-in, accepting that, dynamically gives you freedom to respond rather than react. Mm. And then either you take a baseball bat or call 911. Right. But you make a choice. You make a choice. But it gives you that clarity. See, what happens when we don't accept, then it is more of inaction happening out of fear. Mm. Right? Acceptance gives us that clarity and ability to respond to any situation, then react. What has been your journey to health and wellness and healthy living? It's continuing. <laughs> the journey is still on and uh, it's a beautiful journey, mm. right? And I think even here, Every person that comes to We Care Spa is on that journey. And for me personally, it is, um, it is every moment. Mm. You know, every moment, how that, you know, one person better. How can I make this moment a one person better than before? Mm. Right. And so that journey is continuing. And, uh, and there is, I mean, in some sense, there is no end to perfecting isn't it mm -hmm. so again that comes with acceptance that it is what it is but yet you know without that anxiety that i am not good enough or i am i need to better myself that is not there but how can i make it better for myself and others mm -hmm. that happen that state of mind is different you talk about a life in rhythm what is that so I mean, I have learned this from Gurudev Shri Shri Ravi Shankar or doing the Art of Living program. It's, it's all about rhythm. And, and he says this beautifully. It's like a society without crying or a healthy body, a quiver-free breath, a rhythmic breath, a mind that is peaceful, an inhibition-free intellect, mm. trauma-free memory, and an ego that encompasses all and a sorrow-free soul is the rhythm of life. One of the anchoring principles here at We Care Spa is the idea of fasting. Mm -hmm. Not starving the body, but fasting in order to gain clarity, to also allow the mechanisms of digestion to actually have a moment of peace and, and, and to relax. And I wonder, I'm not sure how I want to phrase the question, but I wonder what you would view as perhaps the main culprits of the Western diet, both in a physical sense and a spiritual sense. I would not say so much as culprit, but I think um, the Western diet is sort of, you know, 
one pill for all situation like you know go on a keto diet or go on this thing right it's for everybody i think the solution in science of life or ayurveda or maybe even what we do here is customizing it because mm. each physiology is different each mindset is different each body type is different mm. right and so you cannot give the same food or same juice to everybody that comes walks in the door because people would respond react differently right right so i think uh, i think what ayurveda brings or what science of life brings to the west is really that customization mm. of individual dosha type individual body type individual physiology type and then customizing your diet right right and and then people get faster results long lasting results right 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 one thing that comes up a lot is the idea of personal responsibility and i wonder you know here we talk about you 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 can make choices you don't have to be victimized by your past choices your mistakes even your your victories and successes that you get to make a choice now in the present and moving forward where within the concept of the life sciences of ayurveda is this idea that you have personal responsibility and choice foremost we do first see like i was saying you know only when you are healthy and happy can you make people around you mm. if you are disturbed if you are swinging between aggression and depression you cannot have any impact on anything so it becomes your first and foremost responsibility for you to take care of your own mind first your own state of mind state of emotion and everything right mm-hmm. and and that's why i think it's a beautiful marriage of ayurveda and yoga which is a sister science yes. right where you 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 get into that journey of self improvement self development and and that only when you are that that's why you know it becomes naturally rather than making an effort mm mm-hmm. right once you are on that journey so ayurveda would say yoga would say that first and foremost apply then supply mm <laughs> you know you apply the wisdom to your own life first and then you can teach others you can supply to others so first apply then supply <laughs> you make it sound so easy but it's just so for me it's such a challenge that's why technique you know when we do this three day program the mm-hmm. happiness retreat or the sky breath meditation retreat and stuff and it is it is difficult patrick it is mm-hmm. not easy see i mean you took so many lessons to learn how to drive we all did right mm-hmm. it's not i mean imagine just simple act of driving now it's like your second nature right right but that simple act took so much time imagine dealing with your own mind and the traumas of the memories and everything it's not easy mm-hmm. but that's where the techniques helps you know there are 112 different meditation and breathing techniques to help with all this right and we we tap into one of the most the most powerful of these uh in the in the happiness retreat and the mm-hmm. sky breath meditation the sudarshan kriya that we learn is is phenomenal you know so once you learn the technique see once you learn okay i know okay i once you learn the technique of the accelerator and the brake and all this thing then you know it's easy so once you have the tools and techniques then it becomes easy so we're going to have to do a happiness retreat we have to do it here yeah. at yes we have to do it <laughs> soon soon yes you mentioned earlier the the power of breath work and meditation and we did, we did some meditating yesterday um which is it's very hard for me to sit still and just breathe and, you did great well, I, i kept thinking well is he going to say something <laughs> what what are we going to talk or or make the ohm sound which I don't think we ever did that but um can you go deeper into why meditation is just so important and to 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 calm your mind or not right right is it i think another pandemic or epidemic that the world is facing today is mental health mental mm. illness truth right and in some sense it is difficult to control mind with mind right mm. like we spoke a little bit about what you resist persist you know you want to you want to forget something the more you want to forget something the more it is in your own mind right, right. and that is where meditation helps there are certain techniques 
to take you beyond the mind, take you beyond that. So you get into your own self. And once that is there, then see, we all have physical hygiene, dental hygiene, but we don't have tools and techniques for mental hygiene. Mm. Isn't it? That mental hygiene is meditation. Right? And little bit of breath work is needed to prepare the mind to let go. Mm. What's the best amount of time to meditate? 20 minutes. 20 minutes is, is, I mean, people can sit for hour longs and I've done that and we, we can do that. But 20 minutes is good enough. Twice a day. So 40 minutes. 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the <laughs> night, evening. <laughs> so in one session, one sitting, 20 minutes, then okay. you do can you can do it twice a day. Um, see, why, I, why I'm saying twice a day is, you know, you meditate before you come for work. So you don't carry the baggage from home to your work. You're fresh, you're present, you're creative when you come to work. And then you want to do that for your family when you go home. Mm. For your loved ones, whoever it is, whether it's your pet or whether it's somebody, right? When you go home, you don't want the baggage of your, the work to go back to your home. And mm. so you meditate. So that's why twice a day. Okay, twice a day, 20 minutes. 20 twice minutes a day. twice a day. That's 40 minutes. That's 40 minutes in 24 hours. <laughs> but it will make the rest of 23 and 20, 23 hours and 20 minutes best, much, better. much better. Okay, so I have a feeling that based upon our conversation today, there are going to be a lot of people who are listening or watching this who are going to have questions for you. Yes. So I hope you guys send them to us at We Care Spa, and then we'll take those questions and we'll have Ashish come back and answer those questions either here or on our podcast because I'm sure many people yeah. we just scratched the surface yes <laughs> so I'm sure there'll be, there'll be more questions coming in so we'll do that and yeah. we'll talk again lovely wonderful thank you, thank you for having me thank Patrick. you